Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And, well, we're motoring towards the end of the Prophet arc this week. Mm-hmm. In, in ways I think people likely didn't expect, even if they did hear me hinting at it last week. So, uh... Well. I know, right? Uh... One thing we did not bring up sufficiently that we didn't talk about um, is the through line because we, we mentioned it in passing. But this week, uh, this week it really comes to a head. There had been lines before as uh, during Merchant of Death, we were so busy talking about the various character relationships, which are fascinating, you know, and I'm, I do not regret talking about them, that we neglected to mention the scene where Roger says to Mel, what is the point of being, like, why be an arms dealer when if you took over a Central American country, like, yeah, you they can... would just give you the arms, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. The government will just give you weapons and then you can do whatever you want with them. If you, you know, control a, uh, if you control a nation, you don't have to worry about all this nickel and dimes arms dealing. Like if you, as the, as, as Roger says, if you control a nation whose foreign policy is seen to be beneficial to the U.S. interests, you can basically do whatever you want without fear of any legal ramifications from the international community, which I got to say, I see why that sounds pretty sweet. Well, of course, it's why it sounds pretty sweet. You know, except I'm going, okay, Mel, you're still not going to be able to find a place to live because just in case they want to revolt against you or something else, you're still going to need that yacht. He's still going to need the yacht, but at least, you know. And international waters. He'd have have conceptually a home country if he did what Roger wanted. Mm -hmm. And that is true. He would conceptually have a home country. Uh, and it gets very interesting very quickly in this episode, because right at the start of the episode, remember how we met Herb last week for the first time? Oh, Everybody? yes. Well, right at the start of the episode, Herb phones up Roger and says, okay, you know, I have arranged the collapse of Metal Prophet's enterprises. The ball's in your court. <sighs> And then we go right to a meeting that Susan and S, by the way, Jesus, S&M Profit is the name of the company. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted it to be super on the nose. It's S&M Profit. Susan comes first on that uh, placard. And I want to remind you, like, it ain't alphabetical and she's not the older one, but they put Susan first on that placard just so they could get S&M Profit on the screen. (laughs) respect all right uh so anyway there um mel is there deal uh dealing with you know just business and once a month he comes into the office and he has to deal with the actual paperwork of running this business because mostly he just handles stuff over the phone and let's face it via threats you know he, he most that's mostly how he does his business by threatening and some things people. can be yeah. done by facts and, and some things can be done by you facts, know but Mostly he just meets people at parties and threatens them and then he gets what he wants. As we've seen him do a number of times in the show so far. Uh, This is the legitimate business, of course. It's not the drug empire. I mean, I say legitimate. It's arms dealing, but, you know, whatever. Uh, So they go in and Mel gets the bad news that essentially 
every outstanding arms deal they have has been cancelled by the buyers. So they have bought missiles elsewhere, they have bought tanks elsewhere, they have bought jets elsewhere. Hell, like, a guy who's literally under siege cancelled his order with Mel as his last official act before his palace was blown up by people. So everyone is canceling their orders. No one wants to do business with Mel anymore. And the problem is, Mel has already bought the weapons yep. that he's sending to these people. So he is sitting on literally billions of dollars. And he's borrowed money and to buy them. And he's borrowed money to do it. Meaning he has to eat those losses. He has to constantly pay fees to keep the money borrowed. I mean, it's a disaster. And the only way out, as Roger suggests, is uh, team up with a country. But that, that's not Mel's idea right away. And we get a wonderful well, scene of... Well, it's not of, Susan's. Well, it's not Susan's, yes. Susan, and, yeah. right. Susan has her own ideas, which we'll yeah. get to in a second. But first, let's just briefly mention the scene where he tries to throw the front man for his business off of a balcony. Jeez. And everyone has to run out there and pull him off. Of the guy. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, there are dangers to working with Mel Prophet. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it's actually really great because um, in that scene, we get a detail. And uh, there's this weird moment, right? Where we get maybe the most, like, just casual human moment from Mel we've ever had. Because Mel is manic. He's depressive. He's over the top. He's an insane cartoon character. He's never just a normal guy. Even when he's talking about his love for baseball and his passion for baseball, it's framed in this, I'm going to become a baseball player at age 35, as an out of shape 35 year old. And he's like, it's about living down a childhood fantasy. But in this episode, there's a moment because, and I swear William Russ actually had injured his leg in this episode. Because there's no reason for Roger to trip and break his ankle in this episode. So I'm, you know, pretty sure William Russ had actually hurt himself. And so they have the character hurt himself as just a cover for why William Russ is rocking around with a cane this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty that sure. Is. But so... This seems to have been a dangerous set to work on. <laughs> I know, right? We'll get to that in season two. Uh, so, but anyway, William Russ seems to be injured. And so they have a scene where he trips over some equipment that some workmen are doing to renovate the office. And then there's a moment where Mel has been calmed down, Susan's getting his drugs, and everyone's just, and the, you know, the, the front man has fled the office. And, like, Roger's sitting there in a chair, and Mel turns to him and is like, you okay? And it's just like, <laughs> the, the idea of Mel actually asking someone, someone if they're, if they're okay, okay is so, in the antithesis of everything the character has been up until this point. And you realize that, oh my god, it's been a couple of years, and he is actually comfortable with Roger. Yeah. Like, Roger might actually be Mel's only friend. Ever. Because in that moment, you're like, oh my god, he actually is friendly towards Roger. That seems so insane based on everything we know about him, but that does seem to be the case. Yeah, so it's, it's, I know it's a weird thing for me to focus on, 
But that moment of him just saying, you okay, is so the antithesis of everything we know about the guy. That it's just this delightful little moment to see that there is a vulnerability to Mel. And I think it might be intentional, given what happens in episode eight, the next episode. Thoughts? Yeah, and I, I think what happens, too, is that he, she wants to calm Mel down and is going to put everybody out. And Mel just says, no. Yeah. Everybody knows have... I've got a problem. Yeah, everybody knows <laughs> I need, you know, this mixture of this. heroin and amphetamines to keep me running. Everybody knows, as he says, it's not a secret. You know, I have a weakness that I have to live with. Like, it's yes. a great scene, too. Yep. There's him just, no, like, it is. getting high in front of his employees. Because it shows you just how broken Mel is becoming and how much, like, the facade of this genius, ultra-competent businessman is cracking under the pressure. To the fact that, yeah, like, he's now getting high in front of his employees. And with Roger, you know, it's like, I mean, he knows that Vinny to is in some kind of weird relationship with Vinny. With Susan. With Susan, yes. Uh, Susan is in a relationship with Vinny. And Roger is basically his only friend in the world, so it's like... Why bother pretending with these people anymore? Yeah. And it's like to see the facade drop is very fascinating. You know, because Mel has mostly sobbed and wept in closed rooms with his sister before. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. No, it's, it's a good scene and it's such a tiny moment in a small scene. But as you say, Susan reminds him that, yeah, there's always cocaine. You know? yeah. <laughs> Who cares there's about drug our... dealing? There's always Let's go back to basics. Let's go back to basics. And, you know, we know what's been going on with the cocaine industry. First, it happened with, um, right? First, it happened in Fascination with the Flame. Someone tried to take over his business. We found out uh, that he was also businesses being destroyed in Valdosta Ridge. So it's like, yeah, we have got all the evidence we need that he's not really in the cocaine business the way he should be anymore. The middlemen have all gone out on their own and aren't paying upstairs to him, uh, are not kicking up their money to him anymore. But, as he says, the one thing he can do is all the suppliers love him because he always played right by the suppliers. And so he has, like, he always made sure no matter what, they got their money, no matter what kind of drama was going on with him. So he can deliver the best cocaine regularly to anybody. So he says to Vinny... Are you connected? Like, can you get me a meeting with the mob? And I will sell them, you know, I will give them billions of dollars. All the cocaine and heroin they need for their drug organizations. No middlemen, wholesale rates. And that's a pretty good deal. Yep. And so Vinny goes to Frank and says, should I do this? And Frank's like, of course you should do this. <laughs> you kidding me? Give it a shot. We can take down Mel Prophet and get the last of the Mafia at the same time? Of course you should do this, 100%. Of course, Vinny's always nervous about going back to his hometown and the place where the people he lives and lo uh, lives with and loves are, thinking he's a gangster, but the job's the job. So he goes to meet the guys who are taking, who are running things now that the commission has been, you know, sidelined. By Vinny, by the events of the Steel Grave arc, and we get a fun scene with uh, the uh, the college tie mafia guys. 
Yeah, the grandchildren. Yeah, the grandchildren <laughs> of the guys who founded the mafia. The guys who went to Wharton, you know. Yeah. Got business degrees. <laughs> yeah, we all got business, who all got MBAs and then went back to, uh, yeah, back to making money using murder. And guess what? We're going to meet the uh, apex of this type of person next year, played by Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah. Like Stanley Tucci is exactly in the mold of the guy, the two guys. We These meet two this guys. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Like he is the most successful version of that. Like the guy who went and got an MBA and then became just a more efficient mobster instead of bringing his, com- his company legitimacy, which is pretty nice. Uh, so he says to them, I can, pre- I can provide you. I represent Mel Profit. I can provide you with well, of all course, the they're not. You need. Yeah. And initially, initially, of course, they're just poo-pooing him. Yeah. Because he's a from their perspective. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You know, he's the leg breaker from Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then he brings up Mel Prophet's name. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the one brother is to do. The one brother is. There's he can't no way. possibly represent, a, you know, a billionaire arms dealer. And Vinny has the best thing, which is like, oh, okay. Uh, how Hi. can I prove I work for Mal? I'm going to walk out of this office right now. <laughs> you need me a hell of a lot more than I need you. <laughs> it's yeah. a good trick. And the key element is because they're still in the mob, they can't make kind of uh, this kind of a deal with getting without getting a message like something from the commission without getting an okay from their Goomba without like getting a sign off from the commission. And of course the commission has been completely decimated and the only guy left is the semi-retired Don Ayupo. Don Ayupo. (laughs) Literally one of our favorite characters in the show. Yes. So then it's, well, we'll have to go meet Ayupo. Yeah. They got to go have a sit down with Ayupo. And so Vinny goes to the restaurant that Ayupo presumably owns because he's cooking in the back and he can close it whenever he wants for meetings uh, that he he's, you know, essentially has the run of the place and he goes to meet him. And uh, Vinny is, and as always, Vinny's forthrightness uh, just sells it as always. Like that's the, the core of Vinny's thing is like, his forthrightness and his seeming innocence allows him to sell the idea to Ayupo that it's like, this isn't a scheme. This isn't a trick. I am here, you know, I am here because equals should be able willing to support each, like equals should help each other out. And uh, we can all make a lot of more money together. There's no reason not to partner someone who is. E- or at someone, least take a meeting. Or at least take a meeting. Exactly. Come on, take a meeting and listen. And again, Ayupo agrees and he takes the meeting and Mel uh, has to go and do the meeting. Although Mel at first does not look like he's going to be able to because we see him on the boat just unable to function at all. Yeah. And Susan says, don't worry about it. He'll be there on the day, on the day when he gets in front of the cameras, you know, he'll, he'll own this. And truth and like she's right she knows her brother because when it's time for the meeting uh he is able to manipulate first does this beautiful manipulation you can explain the significance of well yeah no it is i mean that that is the key to understanding how mel has gotten where he's gotten is he is able to read situations in people Mm -hmm. 
most of the time. Yeah. When he's when he's functioning well, he is brilliant at finding figuring out what will attract people, what will bring people on side, and what he does, of course, is not only bring <clears throat> a piece of the church that was that Ayupo's grandfather yeah went to and probably helped build oh no no it was a, no, no, it was a 500 a... year old church oh. but it was his grandfather it was the church of his grandfather oh. that was destroyed oh. in an earthquake okay never mind yeah. uh yeah i'm missing some i'm missing some pieces then uh, what i was going to say well anyway so i mean obviously mel very quickly had sent somebody yep to this, he found this out where's this guy. He found out where's this guy from. From find out what city. Finds out the history of that city. Finds out about a destroyed church, and then he's like, boom. And then he sends people to spend whatever money that was necessary to get a piece of the, the piece of the church. But not only the piece of the church, but uh, like th there's this special piece. Like we don't know how much time. This is the problem. You don't know how much time goes it's on a couple in of, between. I assume it's a couple of weeks setting up. Yeah. The meeting. Setting up the meeting. It's got to be a couple of weeks. Who knows? Mel might have even flown to look for, for the himself. specific tea yeah. for himself. He could have easily been because it would have given him something to do. Something to keep his mind focused. Exactly. Right. Keep his mind focused. And yeah. so, and he finds this probably a piece of a, either a gargoyle or something. Well, I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's a statue of a woman's face. Because it's an eye. And it's it really like hard skin. to see. It's hard to tell what it's supposed to be, but it's clearly, and this is the key, It's there's clearly an eye. Yes, and that there's is part clearly of the a story. face with the eye. Yeah. And, you know, and then, but of course, and that's the weird part. The reason Mel does this is Mel, as we will find out next episode, Mel, in, in more concrete terms, Mel has this sense of spirituality. Yeah. As weird as it seems to Vinny, right? Um, but he does, and he can respect that in somebody else. He's probably looked up Ayupo's history. Of course. And um, so understands that he's very old school. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, right? So he sets all of that up. And we've already had the scene where Susan's going to go shopping because... Yeah. Susan cannot be involved in this yeah. meeting, and it's, that's it. it. Yeah. It's an old style, old style. Ayupo doesn't no accept women, women. Yeah, no women allowed. Yeah, you know, well, no they're Madonna wives or their horse. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, and so that's all set, and then he does, you know, that beautiful, you know. So Ayupo looks at it and looks at it. It yep. is. It is important. This yeah. is one of those things that is just, it's a relic. It's mm -hmm. almost like a relic from the church. So it's important to Ayupo. He says, okay, let's eat. Yeah. And then when they finish eating, he dismisses everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And says to Mel, okay, why do you want to do this? Okay. Yeah. And Mel tells him the truth. That his is business my... has collapsed. His business has collapsed. He took his eye off the ball in the ar in the drug industry. The uh, and he overextended himself in the arms industry, and now he needs help. And yeah. this is the best way to go about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating, yeah. and of course, 
than the Ayuko. The most honest we've ever seen him with anyone. <laughs> with anyone. But he, under, he, as I said, he understands what is going to be attractive yeah. to Ayupo. Well, no, as you say, his complete honesty, his complete openness yeah. with Ayupo is another ploy. I mean, it's, well, sure. it's just another strategy. It's not yeah, like he's, he's actually weak in that scene, because we've seen what he looks like when he's weak. It's just yeah. another performance, and it's the perfect one to use on Rudy. Yep. It's, been, the, uh, it's a great scene. Yes, I don't think we know his name is Rudy. No, no, we don't find out, <laughs> that out until the end of this episode. No, at the end of the episode, he says, uh, he does refer to him as Rudy. Uh, Mel, this is the episode where we find out his name is Rudy, because uh, Mel does refer to him as Rudy at the end of the episode. Yeah, he, at the end yeah. of the episode. The so, the, yeah. because they're best friends now. Yeah, because they're buddies. So, yeah. he is, he, Don Ayupo is convinced. They go to a whorehouse to celebrate. Because <laughs> that's how these guys celebrate. And uh, Mel has a very, like, troubling experience because he gets super high. And yeah. he hires a black woman. And... The black and her theme is she has decided to theme herself around being from the jungle, and it's a very weird scene because he's oddly fixated on it, and not like so much aroused as visually obsessed. Like he's got an interesting look there that is again going to be important next week. Yeah, and you know, and there it is, and he focuses in on this skull. Yeah. He and focuses um, in on this skull that's in the room. So it's like, boom, sex and death right in front of him. <laughs> there you go. It's uh, all in one place. Yeah, and I know. Yeah, ends up being very important. All right. And so they sign off on the deal. They say to, uh, you know, they uh, they say to Vinny, uh, here's your hundred grand for setting up the deal. Because again, he's just throwing around. Vinny got paid half a, you know, half a million dollars last week. For coming up with the, uh, for coming up with the, the evidence to use on Coscard, right? To use against, uh, Pierre. Yep. Right? And now he's got $100,000 for the intro to, uh, Ayupo. Vinny's doing well for himself in this job. Well, yes. And that's what everybody has said. You will do well for yourself. Yeah. Or, you know, you're dead. Yeah. Or you're dead. Yeah, of course, all of that money is going to go to the government. But Of course. Well, I mean, uh, that's a conversation we'll have later. Uh, but anyway, later. yeah. Uh, no, yeah no, so they say, I mean, you handle the first drop to make sure it goes well. So you just handle, and it's like, no money changes. And, and they specifically say, it's not a deal. You don't have to worry about anything. They're not going to give you any money. They just want people here to make sure that, like, they're not going to get murdered by a bunch of, you know, Bolivians when the plane lands. They just want yeah. uh, your people there to make sure that this is all in the up and up, which is fine. And so he goes, and while Vinny's preparing to do this, they're going out and renting a house on Long Island because Roger wants him to buy some Central American bank. And again, they are layering in over yes. and over. They are layering in the plot stuff. They, Roger wants him to buy a Central American bank. So they're going to be living on Long Island for the However, next couple of months. Yes, they're going to do the Long Island thing. However, Roger is also in touch with Herb. Yep, who says that if you pull off, is, yeah, like the d destroying this, the that, munitions whole was right. Thing. But if Vinny pulls off this drug deal, he's not going to need the CIA. 
He's not going to need the middle, uh, the Central American bank. He's not going to need the government's money. He'll have all the money he could possibly deal with. So it's up to Herb to destroy, to like, to stop the arms deal. And no, so, to stop the, not the arms deal. Sorry, the cocaine deal. Yes, thank you. Sorry yeah. about that. And, and so he does. A, but the key part here is, meanwhile, Frank and Lila have looked up Roger and not been able to find out anything about him. Because Except... his file, I mean, he was a Medal of Honor, like he was in Vietnam, he got the Medal of Honor, and then he disappeared in 1973. Yep. And there were no records for him after 1973, and their attempts to see if he, like, checked in in the VA or anything is met with... Uh, restricted access. Restricted. Absolutely nobody is allowed to find out. Yeah. Until no, yeah. the next, as, well, as Lila yeah, says, yeah. the next, the next morning. Yeah. We're going to be able to come have... in and look into this further. Like we're going to be able to look into this further, but the fact is somebody has put a hold on Roger's file and that's an important piece of information. Just the fact that there's a hold on his file means that there's something in there that regular people aren't ra- allowed to see, which is in and of itself a pretty important piece of information. And that's where things get really great. Uh, because as they're walking out of the office, Herb walks in. Basically, yeah. No, literally. As they no. are walking away. No, it's the same shot. They walk out of the office in the hallway. We watch them walk out of the office in the hallway and they turn right. And then Herb walks in from the other direction and goes right back into the office they were in. They literally miss each other by seconds. Yeah, they get on the elevator and Herb comes yeah, out. Herb walks. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. miss each other by seconds. You're making, yes, they miss each other by seconds. Yeah. You make it seem as if, never mind, it doesn't matter. But yes. Even if they met so, him, they wouldn't know who he was. It doesn't and matter. And he wouldn't know who they were. Yeah, It exactly. didn't matter. But they, he walks in and he immediately finds out that Vinny's in the FBI. Yep. OCB. So, yeah, he's part of the OCB, which is the Organized Crime Task Force within the FBI. He's an FBI agent, so he calls up Roger and says, you got to take him out. Yep. he's He cannot interfere with the operation. You've got to kill this guy. So, right away, we're about to have conflict, and to his credit, like, he tr- attempts to do just that. He goes up to him, like, he goes up to an elevator, he's about to stab him in the back, and then... Turns out that the hotel they're at, the Secretary of Defense, uh, Secretary of Defense is giving a speech and the place is packed with Marines. And Roger takes one look at a bunch of guys in full uniform and he's like, he can't do it. No. He can't kill Vinny. Because at his core, Roger is still a Marine. You know, Roger is still just a Special Forces guy and he's not going to murder somebody else because that person is working for the United States government. He can't do it. Yep. And so at this point, we've basically come to the conclusion that Roger doesn't actually work for Mel Prophet. <laughs> at this point, it's just confirmed 100%. Yeah, this whole time he wasn't actually working for Mel Prophet. He is, and suddenly every bit of spare dialogue from Roger over the past six episodes makes sense. He compares what he does for Mel to what he did in Nam because he's still working for the government. The stuff he's doing for Mel is just more stuff that he did for the government. He was talking about spending time in Central America because he's been scouting out places for a job. 
right? All of these little lines, all of the stuff about the bank, it's all been part of his government work. Roger has always had another agenda. And that's fantastic. Yeah. And so that now, and as you say, now we start to go headlong into the next bit of mess because because what happens is that of course he stops it the guys are and roger i mean roger kills the two guys who who are are going to take Vinny. yeah and that's Um, the interesting thing is that Vinny um calls up frank and says i'm doing this uh i'm supervising this drug transfer don't bust it no money will be there we're not going to be able to prove anything all you're going to be able to do is all you will accomplish is grabbing a plane full of drugs and blowing my cover. So don't bother. Yeah. And he's like, okay, but we'll be there for Overwatch. And so the plane never takes off. Mel, uh, Vinny gets on the phone with the nouveau riche mobsters and they're like, yeah, you screwed us on this deal. I have made promises to, uh, I have made promises to distributors that you're forcing me to break. So until you make this right, uh, your entire, like, everything, including your family, is forfeit. And that is the last thing you should say. First of Vinny. all, yes. To, first of all, last thing you should say to Vinny, and the last thing you should be saying because you're the only boss you've got left is Ayupo. I know. And he's and not going to be happy. He doesn't like this kind of behavior. No. Uh, well, and it's it's kind of great, right? Because then... Uh, Vinny is very pissed off and suddenly the two guys holding a gun to his head, his head get shot. And yeah. they're like, what the hell? What, what happened there? And of course, what happened there, he assumed he get, he steals their car, uses their cell phone to call Frank and be like, uh, you know, was that you? And he's like, no, we did not shoot anybody. And we, of course, find out that it, Roger was providing a backstop for Vinny as well because he knew that the drugs weren't coming and he was worried Vinny was going to get killed and yep. he didn't want to let that happen. And hey, is is that something Mel ordered him to do? Watch over Vinny just in case? Or is that something he chose to do on a, his own because he likes Vinny? We'll never be told. No, we never find out. No, we never find out. We just know he does it. And so Vinny rushes back to town. The mobsters are trying to find his mother. They do and try to pull the whole, oh, your mother's in, uh, your son is your in, son's in, your son's in the hospital. We'll take you to him. Do that nonsense. And then Vinny drives up and viciously attacks them, nearly beating one to death with his bare hands. And Ooh. then we get mama. <laughs> and we get mama screaming at him to stop. Vincenzo. <laughs> oh. Such a good scene. Because again, like, she, th- like, it's this crazy thing where it's like, she lives in this black and white world. Her son's a hero, sure. But in her head, like, being a hero for the government, like, is being on, um, who who was the star of the FBI? Ephraim Zibilis Jr. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, is being like a classy guy in a nice suit, in a, in a dapper suit who goes and he talks tough to monsters. It's not beating a man half to death because he was going to kill your mother yeah <laughs> like that that has not entered her head as the world as part of the world Vinny lives in so it's obviously traumatic for her and he tries to explain to her that it's like they were going to hurt you and she's like you can't stop them by being as bad as they are and i'm like no no what she says is god would protect me god would protect me <laughs> jesus 
But I'm saying, it's like, you yeah. can't, yeah, but I mean, the subtext is, you can't, you know, what is the point of being a good guy if you're going to have to turn into a monster to do it? Which is both kind of true, but also unbelievably simplistic. <laughs> but that's her worldview. It's well established in every scene with her that she has this simple black and white worldview, and that's the underpinning of how Vinny works the, uh, looks at the world. And of course, the show is largely about him finding out his mother didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> it's the whole arc of the show, really. Uh, but the it's, last it's, one and this one. Uh, but yeah. then we get the best scene. The most important scene in the show. And is setting up so much. Which is he goes to see Don Ayupo, and we meet Don Ayupo's uh, uh, minder. As well, I say minder, his his assistant. So um, if you've seen the if you've seen the Sopranos, right, you will uh, know about the character Junior Soprano, who you know used to be the boss, but then Tony takes over, and so he is just essentially a boss emeritus. And yeah. he has Bobby, and he essentially has just one guy working for him after the first season and all his other guys get taken out in the war. He's just got Bobby working for him. And that is and is just this, like, harmless dude whose only job is to look after an old man. Yeah. And that is that is what this character is. That's who Poochie is. And Poochie is maybe the most likable mobster ever. Well, later on, we'll find that Later out. on, we'll find out why. I'm just saying, there's more with Poochie later. And I was just so, ha like, I had forgotten that Poochie's in the first episode. Like, I'd forgotten how much of this stuff comes back later. But it's just, just like, it's it's the rare thing to see a mobster who is just 100% just seems like a great guy. And that's the whole character. And, I mean, this is, as you would say... Well, I don't know if I should say it, but um, uh, yeah, no, you probably shouldn't say it. No, no, okay, don't don't say, say it. it. Let, it's going to come move, up in season yes. two. But I just wanted to say that it's a great scene because he goes to see Don Ayupo, right? And mm -hmm. and the great thing with Poochie is he understands that Vinny is very pissed off over what happened to his mother, but yeah. Poochie doesn't try to like you know threaten him, doesn't try to say you can't go in there because he has been told by Don Ayupo that there's no way Vincenzo's going to hurt me. So it's yeah. it, Vincenzo's going to show up at some point. It's fine. He's going to show up. He's going to be mad. It's fine. Don't worry about it, is what he's been told. And so he escorts him to the greenhouse to see him. And we get an important scene. We find out that, and it's like, we hear all of the stuff you always talk about. About the Madonna of 87, not 87, the 47? Yeah. Well, yeah, 87. Street. Madonna. Yeah. I got it right for one. 114. 114th Street. Thank you. Yes. Uh, the Madonna of 100. Like, he gives a speech that is essentially straight out of that. That it's like, you know, I'm a 70 year old man. <coughs> I got, you know, I got to this country in the 30s when there was literally no opportunity for, uh, for Italians to do anything. Like, there was literally nothing that I could do in this country legally there was no opportunity to move forward so i created a world in which i could move forward right and i became a monster to do it but it allowed me to provide for my community and my family because that's the only option that was available for me and today now people now the kids that have come up after me we failed to teach them what this was all for so now they're all guys who just do violence because violence is the only thing they know how to do 
And so he gives an entire speech about the history of the mafia in, you know, 30 seconds. That is the pressee of everything about the history of the mafia. It's all in one place. And it's a compelling scene. And he does a great job. And at the end of it, he says that he sees himself in Vinny. That Vinny's just like he was as a youth. And if he wanted to, he could be running this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this sort of shocked look on yeah. Vinny's face. Like, oh shit. He can't believe what he just heard. Nope. Oh my god, it's such a good scene. Oh, it's such a good scene. And again, you would have no idea how important that's going to be until much later. Yes. There's a lot of foreshadowing going on. Huge amount of foreshadowing going on. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, and now we move to Blood Dance. Where Which... we finally get the payoff for all the Roger stuff that's been coming this whole time. So. God. I know. This is one of, this is, I think, is it safe to say that this is like the weirdest and most experimental episode of Wise Guy yet? Like, it's such a strange episode. Because it's entirely about spiritualism. Right? And systems people use to create meaning. And the fact that, uh, at his core... Mel Prophet believes in everything. Like, whatever people use to animate themselves to get themselves through the day, he mm -hmm. believes in all of it. Because he believes, I mean, you can say that it comes down to he believes that human will is the most important thing in the world because he created a world where he and his sister went from orphans, literally like left in a dumpster, to billionaires. Right? To billionaires traveling the world with ease like he made that world through uh, solely through he and susan's will so of course yeah. in his head human will is the most important thing and religion is one of the forms that he, one of the most important role of forms that human will takes so that's why he you know believes in weirdly believes in every religion and it's not that he uh, worships them but he believes that they all have power and yeah, that's the it's thing. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the, the statement on, again, faith in this episode is very interesting because he starts with him having a meeting with uh, Cabra, who is the finance minister of Il Pavo, which means Island of the Poppies, as we explained in the episode. It is fake Haiti. You know, like it's pretty, I mean, there is any number of places in Central America and the Caribbean that it could represent, but it's pretty, pretty explicitly representing haiti. haiti i think it's safe to say right probably i i would think that that's that's what it's yeah you know set up to to be because there aren't that many island there aren't that many places left <laughs> for the u.s to take over i know right um and haiti is it it's such a sad story oh god you know i mean at least cuba managed to get rid of batista well, I mean, the tragedy of Cuba is, is uh, sorry, Cuba. Well, the tragedy no. of Haiti is that it's the one country in the Caribbean that managed to successfully overthrow its slave lords. They did it. They pulled it off. They had a successful slave revolt and conquered the country. And then everything that has happened since has been capitalists trying to get revenge on Haiti 
for freeing itself. Because, and this is true, after they freed themselves, essentially every country, from France, every other country that France was allied with, which is most countries, said essentially at the barrel of either a gun or economic, com uh, economic complete economic destruction, they said to Haiti, you will pay back France every cent that you cost them by freeing yourselves. And that crushing weight of that debt essentially set the stage for everything bad that has happened to Cuba for the for hundreds or of years. To Haiti. Sorry, to Haiti. I keep saying Cuba. I, I just played a video game about fake Cuba and it's just stuck in my head and I apologize for that. But yes, that has set the stage for everything bad that has happened to Haiti for the past Yeah, because, of and Haiti is right because it is so poor. Oh, yeah. And, and of yeah. course, prone to earthquakes, which doesn't help yep. matters. Oh, and God. has a massively corrupt government. So, mm -hmm. in some ways, and I mean, just no. You it's, know, it's haven't they just had had another overthrow? They just their president was just murdered. Murdered in his by hitmen from who the hell knows where. They yep. were walking around saying they were. I mean, and I mean, this isn't true. But like the hitmen were loudly saying in English that they work for like ICE. The American Customs Agency. Yeah. Because well, they wanted to create bizarre. confusion. But it's like, how bad is the world that, like, you would think it's plausible that ICE is going to show up in another country and murder a president? But honestly, yeah. we, under Trump, America's reputation in Central America is so bad that people might actually believe that. Because why else would they say it unless they thought somebody would believe it? But yeah, like, that happened. But yeah, it was like a bunch of like spanish-speaking mercenaries killed him and it's like was it the drug cartels was it the cia who the hell knows no haiti is a mess and has always been a mess and has never like and it's because of the fact well, that it was capitalism you know, let's just let's it's capitalism. It. It's yeah. capitalism. like we don't have to go any further capitalism has kept but it has kept yes. haiti destroyed it destroyed haiti and then it kept it that way for, again, hundreds of years. All right, so it's obviously fake Haiti. He wants to overthrow Baraka, the leader, all right? Because mm -hmm. he's in the government. He's like, we'll kill him. Just, all I'll have, I have plenty of people who are loyal to me. It's a nearly bloodless coup. All I have to do is kill, you know, I need a bunch of mercenaries to kill him and, like, the, the generals who are loyal to him. And then you'll have a country that is 100% supportive of America. And you, Mel, you have to give me the mercenaries, the guns, and a hundred million dollars to prop up the bank. And then essentially you'll own your own country. Because I will, like, you will own the bank. And you will be able to do whatever you want under the flag of a sovereign nation. And here's the thing, though. Mel doesn't like the guy. Mel d is very suspicious of this man. Yeah. And the toes know. The toes knows. <laughs> And that's the thing. It's like, and because this guy, like, uh, as he said. Oh, and he, he wants this woman killed. Oh, yes. And of course, he wants yes, Iman Jamora, a local woman killed. Uh, a woman from his country who is currently living in the New United York. States. Yeah, living yeah. in New York. He says, I don't know where she lives. Shouldn't be too hard to find. I'm going to need her killed. Uh, yeah. And we'll find out what that's about in a bit. But Mel is like, this guy is a hypnotist. He was trying to hypnotize me with the way he was eating his meat and constantly refer repeating that he was a, like a stable man and a trustworthy man, like re uh, repeating the same phrases, making eye contact, doing weird like hand gestures, 
like making him focus on the ash of uh decorating white things first with like first blood. he decorates white rice with blood then he decorates a pure white ashtray with the ash of a cigarette so he is you know um perverting purity mel sees all of it and then he says he's makumba he is makumba and i don't know whether he's bad or good or yeah. bad or bad good yeah. or evil good or evil because again and he explains to Vinny that there are it is brazil like it is essentially the the religion that the slaves brought to brazil from africa it is half Catholicism and half, you know, Brazilian Catholicism, uh, Portuguese Catholicism, and half uh, the religion of the slaves. And there are, as he said, there are 3,000 sects, and I need to find out which guy, which one which this one guy belongs, belongs to, to, or else I won't be able to know how to react. And I'm like, damn, okay. Uh, <sighs> which gets very interesting very quickly, because Vinny gets essentially sent on a mission to research to a find the woman and b research this guy's religion and then the entire episode just becomes about central american politics and voodoo yep <laughs> like it's it's crazy because there's this woman who he just meets in a uh right who he just meets in a market somewhere and is like i'm not going to kill like this guy cabra his name means goat, by the way, in case you're wondering how obvious it's supposed to be that he's evil. <laughs> His name literally means goat. Uh, but anyway, so Cobra wants you killed. And she explains that her family, like her uh, her father and her brother, were massive like opponents, right? Uh, opponents of the regime, right? And being opponents, opponents of the regime got them killed. Yep. Right. They were murdered. And then her mother was so traumatized by she seeing committed. her son murdered that she committed suicide too. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. This is, this is bleak stuff this week. And so it, yeah. essentially <laughs> because she is the last uh, remnant of the family of the official opposition, right? He thinks he needs her dead because that she is the last one. All she does now is she just writes pamphlets and has people smuggle them into Il Pavo. That's all she can do right now, but maybe she could develop a resistance if given enough time and resources. And he yeah. wants possible source of resistance nipped in the bud, because again, he's a monster. And of course, Vinny wants no part of this. And anyway, it doesn't really matter because Mel doesn't want to deal with this creep. Yeah. Mel doesn't want to deal with this creep, so Vinny can go and take her side and figure out what's going on with her. So Mel decides, oh, well, she's going to be able to tell me what kind of, you know, strange voodoo guy this is. And that way I can fight back against him. And everyone is, keeps trying to tell Mel, like, you can just not do business with him. No, 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 like, no, no. He finds that he finds the cigar butt yeah, in his pocket. The, yeah, the villain has planted a cigar butt in his pocket, which is apparently probably a curse in well, his... Oh well, no 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 no! Yes. It might be yes, yeah. might be well, a person. And the in his thing set. is, the thing is, is that Mel sounds crazy. Yeah, a little bit later on, you're going not so crazy. Yeah, not so crazy <laughs> after all. 
Mel uh, knew what he was talking about here. <laughs> well, and yeah, and that's what I find so fascinating about the scene. And you get this unbelievably creepy scene where Vinny goes to Cabra's church. Yeah. And as he said, and as he said, like, there's a picture of Virgin Mary as a white lady with jet black hair. And it's like... It's the Black Madonna. Yeah, the Black... Exactly. The Black Madonna is like... And of course, Vinny knows nothing about any of this stuff. So he's like, I guess I can't really see any reason that the Virgin Mary shouldn't have black hair, but it it upset me for some reason. Like, this version of this woman I've been worshipping my whole life, seeing her with black hair just really creeped me out. And he's like, and there's a mermaid, and the priest is dressed in red and blue. There's a, pictures of a mermaid, and a uh, the, the priest is dressed in red and black, and it was all just very weird. And of course, this allows him to figure out exactly what's going on. Which is nice. Mel. Yeah, Mel, Mel figures yeah, Mel out figure, exactly. And so he's like, okay, I'll get the woman from the island. She'll tell me how to defeat this guy. And so yeah. she is pushed into this. Into, by uh, Mel, Vinny. By Vinny. Like saying, we just need to help deal with this Cabra guy. And I mean, you hate him anyway, and he wants to kill you. So why not? Meanwhile, so while they're going to see a, you know, uh, a practitioner of this kind of religion... I don't even know what you would call this woman, like, because it's not voodoo, so she's not a bokor. I don't, I don't even have the word for it. But she is a she shaman is in this religion. She is just a shaman of one sort or another. Of the sect, yes, yes, yes. Uh, of whatever this sect is. And she, she won't speak to Mel. And she, I know she won't speak directly <laughs> to Mel. Yeah. She won't speak directly to Mel. So she goes through a whole thing of here are the steps you can take, right, to essentially uh, cleanse yourself and protect yourself. So pray to the Virgin Mary, the mermaid version of, uh, get a tattoo of Virgin Mary, the mermaid Virgin Mary, uh, pray to a blue candle, pray to her using a blue candle every day, give a ton of money to the poor, which leads to a fantastic scene of like <laughs> Mel first just handing out cash to a bunch of homeless people, then sleeping bags, <laughs> and then like open up the trunk of his car and it's like, here's just a bunch of brand new sleeping bags for you. And I got to say, like, at least Mel, like when he was told to give money to the poor, he himself just went out and just gave money to the poor. So well, he, he takes it. He does he takes take it seriously. it seriously. And he makes that clear because Vinny constantly, well, Vinny thinks this is all. Uh, well, the Vinny's key thing is this stuff can only work on you if you have faith in it, if you believe in it. And, he's and like, Mel says, I do I believe do. in it. I do believe I do. in it. So where does that leave us? Yeah, but what you will blink and you miss it. There's a shot where during the scene where the woman is explaining what he's going to have to do to protect himself, a hand swoops in and, takes and the grabs crystal. the crystal yeah. off of Mel's neck. And if you recall from the episode that Vinny was shot, that yeah. crystal represents Mel's heart. And that's what's so interesting because they trust us enough to let to us remember see. <laughs> well, but to to let us see because they could have done all right Amanjamora took the took the crystal she took the crystal she's the one who was sitting next to mel the other woman was like six feet away she couldn't have. there's only one person who could have took the uh, taken the crystal yeah she took the crystal and the thing is later in the episode it's going to be important that she had the crystal and on any other show because spoiler alert when he realizes he wakes up the next morning and he sees the crystal is missing and he assumes that it is part of Cabra's war with like 
uh, supernatural war with him. And he operates based on that idea from then on. But the thing is, if you were paying attention, you would already know who took the crystal. And any other show might save the scene where she takes the crystal for a flashback at the end of the episode. But this show doesn't. This show 100% trusts its audience enough to say, no, we're going to show you what happens to the crystal. And we, you can figure out for yourself why she did it. I mean, she says later, but it's like, instead of it being a mystery who took the crystal and assuming it was Cobra and then it's a twist later, they just show you who took the crystal and the mystery is why she did it and what her plan is. And I think that's such a smart way to do this. Like, imagine... I agree. Well, I, I mean, mean saying, uh, no. Look at, no, in terms... Yeah, go on. Okay, I was just going to say, look at Breaking Bad. What if we had seen Walter White poison Brock in uh, in season four when he kill when he uses Jesse to kill Gus, yeah. right? Yeah. What if we had seen him poison Brock? Because the last shot of the season is the twist where we reveal that he's the one who poisoned Brock and it wasn't Ryson and it wasn't, uh, right? It was all just a game to get Jesse back on his side. Okay, but what if you arrange the show differently and instead of having a twist, they we just show you him poisoning Brock and trust the audience to go along with the journey? And that is why this episode proves that it's like, Wise Guy is even more daring than Breaking Bad was willing to be. Because Breaking Bad still loves a twist and a surprise, whereas Wise Guy just trusts its audience. Yeah, except that, I would tell you that because things happen so quickly. Oh, yeah. Okay. That most people the first time around we'll, don't. We'll miss it. Don't. Oh, absolutely. Are, are, are very confused to some extent. You know that it was taken. It The only place it could have been taken. We see it happen during the seance. the seance. Yeah, we see yeah. it. it. It's but split it's, second. It's just, it's just one second. A hand comes out. Yeah. It's a just hand one comes and reaches. What I don't understand is how Mel didn't notice it before. Because she was hypnotized. Well, no, because essentially he was so focused on the actions he was supposed to take, he never felt for the crystal. He didn't feel for the crystal until the next morning because he was in a mania to quickly do all the stuff he had to do. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so then he, it's not until the next morning that he realizes it's gone and he completely goes into a spiral. Oh, and when Vinny takes, uh, <laughs> when Vinny takes her home... CIA hitmen are there to kill her and have already killed her aunt because Roger has already told, right? Has already told Herb that Mel is not going to go along with what Cabra wants. Yeah. And so Mel, uh, so <laughs> he has said, okay, well, if Mel is out of the picture, can we get the money from Susan? So if Mel's taken out of the picture, can we get the money from Susan? Roger's like, Maybe, maybe, but it's very it's risky. A, it's incredibly risky. I As cannot <laughs> guarantee that we'll be able to get the money from Susan, but it might be our only play at this point. And uh, well, there's spoiler alert. There's a whole episode about that. Yeah. So uh, coming up, Vinny for right. Vinny for Mel keeps tracking down Cabra, and he finds Cabra's personal. Oh my God, finds his personal shrine 
which is scary as hell. <laughs> there's just blood every like there's blood yeah. everywhere. There's skulls everywhere. It's the place where he does animal sacrifice to his god. Ugh. It's such a disturbing scene. And then Vinny busts in and he's like, what the hell is going on? Because he knows that the he wants to know who the goons are. He wants to make sure, you know, Manjamora doesn't get killed. So he's and, like, who did you send? And, and he says, nobody. Nobody. All I know is, and he's like, I didn't send anybody. But I know that the, your United States government is in favor of my taking over Il Pavo. So I assume that's who did it. And so, well, well, what I he had says, assurances. No, I have had first assurances says, from your government. Yes. No, no. What the first thing he says is the CIA yeah. and Vinny beats him up, basically. Yeah, beats him up for saying Be it was For CIA. saying such a horrible thing. The CIA wouldn't do that. And yep. then he says, well, I've had assurances from Roger Lococo. No, no. But no, no, that's the key part. He says, I have had assurances from members of your government. Government. That everything I'm doing is in your, that is fine. And so Vinny's, you know, roughs him up some more and says, who? And the member of the government is Roger Lacoco. Yeah. And this is where Vinny finds out that the whole time Roger's been in the CIA. Yep. I mean, not technically. He doesn't get paid by the CIA or anything, but he has been a CIA operative. Well, as they would say, and well, we'll talk later. Real, but yeah. fr as Frank, but but basically, as Frank Frank says, it's CIA adjacent. Exactly. Don't exactly know who. Yeah. Well, then the thing is, the CIA is such a huge bureaucracy that it's like a guy can sit in an office and do all of this evil stuff without anyone really knowing what he's up to. Yeah. Because, again, he's got criminal connections. And that's the interesting thing, which is Herb because he doesn't have, like, official sanctioning of his bosses, his direct supervisors, he has to essentially do all of his work by trading favors. And that's why he's so pissed at Roger for you for he for what he would say is wasting these limited number of favors he can do. Because Herb, you know, he's got his people, he can have people killed, he does have people killed over the course of the show. Right? He's got his mercenaries, he's got his henchmen... And he can do some pretty awful stuff, and he uses the awful stuff he can do to get favors from powerful people to get stuff he needs done. Like, it's all perfectly well-established and really well-written. I just, they've done a fantastic yeah. job with this character and building this world. It's its magnificent. Yeah. No, and it, it you can just, and it gets better and better and better as we go along. And so, then we get the big grand finale of the uh the cobra storyline when cobra runs away from vinnie into his bedroom screams and jumps out a window yeah and yeah but why did he do it oh because someone has slaughtered a goat over his bed over his bed and left a giant reef that obviously has some significance in their faith but yeah we don't know but all that matters is he knows, and he's al already so emotionally messed up. Let's face it, he's clearly on drugs during that ceremony. Yeah. He is, like, is emotionally, like, is all screwed up. He sees this thing, and he just freaks out because his totemic animal has been killed. Yeah. So now he's, he just leaps he's out of window. Well, he's doomed. He's doomed. He's doomed. He is doomed. You're right, and that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. He's doomed because his, his totem has been destroyed. And that's key for the next scene. And then, then Roger, it's just, I mean, it was, 
Roger, well, because Roger has been basically told and he'd have to figure a way yeah. to take out, you know, Do you Mel. get Mel out of the way to get Susan, ac- have Susan access to And somebody money. sends him Mel's, Mel's soul. soul. And it literally, there's a one letter that says for Roger Lococo and the package literally just sells Mel's soul, soul. on it. How fantastic yeah. is that? Yeah. Oh, God. So somebody sends Mel's soul. And you're like, okay, now we know who did that because we were paying attention. But imagine the people watching this for the first time trying to figure out what's going on in that scene. Oh, yeah. Like, who got who got that soul? It, it's only because we've watched it numerous times. Yeah. And and it, it is sort of, you don't have time. What I would say is what is what it is about this show is you don't have time necessarily to think through yeah things the stuff that's going on because something else is happening something else constantly constantly happening you know and and we don't we we don't particularly figure it out but yes this is mel's soul and Mm -hmm. then he brings it back to mel and then he just uses uses the bust of malthus to to sh- he says, Mel, it's all over. And he uses the bust of Malthus to shatter Mel's soul. And then he walks out of the room. And I'm like, damn, Roger. Yeah. Because Roger is really. a microphone. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, and of course, the thing is, is what we don't understand is that Sue probably also believes Oh yeah. At some level that this is Mel's soul has been yeah. captured in this crystal. It's, so it's when a, Mel Of course she does. It's a folia do. They share yes. the same And she has illusion. the same crystal, right? Yeah. And she has her own crystal. And then and then of course Mel asks her to kill him. Yep. He says to make the pain go this away and make it stop. This is it. It's over. And she shoots him up with an overdose of the heroin. And she takes and by the, and while she's doing this, uh, we go out. We follow Vinny back to see Ivanja Mora one more time, and it's like, what? what and it's essentially just what the hell just happened? Like yeah. I don't understand anything that happened in this week's episode. Please explain it to me. Is <laughs> essentially what's happening in that scene. Yeah. And I love it. And yeah. she's like, yeah, no, like I had to deal like. You, you expect me to have sympathy for me? You brought me into this life of crime. My last family member got murdered because of the world you live in, and you expect me to feel bad for stealing Mel's soul? I I took the only way out I had, and by the way, she's the one who, seeing how agitated all Cabra stuff was, who murdered the goat and put it in his room yeah. so that he would know that he was doomed and kill himself. Like, she is way more into the religion than she was letting on. And then, and the key part was, like, why did you take Mel's soul? And he, and she says that any time there is a strong, a strong man leader, there is a guy at his right hand looking to take over. No, why did you and send I it to Roger? And I knew that wasn't you. Yeah, yeah. why did you send it to Roger? It's like, I knew that wasn't you, so I sent it to Roger, because I knew he would get ri- I would get rid of Cabra and he would get rid of Mel. I'm like, damn. Yeah. It's such a good scene. Oh, I love that scene so much. And then 
Vinny goes back and we end the episode with Mel's Viking funeral. Yes. She has thrown him in a boat in Long Island and set him on fire. Yep. And that's the end. That's the end of the episode. Well, no, there's Mel's a little dead. thing that's the with... end of the episode. No, no, there's a there's a little addendum with Frank. That's true. There's a little addendum with Frank. That's true. Uh, because... Because where said. they're both sort of sitting there looking and Frank says, well, I don't know who's running this. Yeah. They find out, he finds out about Roger and he doesn't know who's doing this. Yeah. But, you know, as they both said, if it's not... You know, it can, ultimately it can only be the CIA. Yeah. But That's what's so, left. But as you said, it's so far deep in the CIA that who the hell knows? Yeah. As he said, it'll be one of these offshoots. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it'll, it's, it's the American government, basically. This and is then, all of the American government and has been the whole time. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this so interesting. Because well, it makes it so, yes, well, on top of everything relevant. else. Yeah. I mean, Mel has been used, abused, and tricked. Yeah. Well, that's and how I think good that's Roger is. But not just Roger. What we come to realize is this entire time, all of the power that we saw Mel having yeah. all only existed because he served the purposes of the United States government. Or a portion, shall we say a part a of it? A portion of, yeah, no, 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 you're right. Not the entire, you know? it's not like he was, it's not like he was a government employee, but there are, there are, or, you know, as you say, factions within the United States government who need evil stuff done and they need people like Mel Prophet to do it. So all of the looking the other way, all of the being able to bribe people, it was all based on the fact that at some point they were going to need Mel to do stuff for them. And then when Mel fails to be able to do, and he had been doing stuff for them. Like you have to imagine that a huge number of these deals he was making illegally. And we, we found that out in merchants of death. They're all deals. The U S government wanted done. Yep. But they have to be hands off. So you need a Mel profit, a scumbag, illegal uh, drug and arms dealer to do those deals for you because you can't do it yourself. Like essentially, the show in these two ep in um, Merchant of Death and Squeeze and this one is essentially realizes, oh my god, this entire scene has been about season has been about the Iran Contra scandal, and we didn't even realize it. It's about other stuff too, but that's the most direct comparison. No, it is. It is like I was. Isn't that funny? I was going to bring it up too because I mean, but there's just a complete history. But the Iran Contra scandal was finally the one that sort of broke the black broke ops. Open. Yeah, broke the black ops and all sorts of other things open, and mm -hmm. that doesn't mean, you know, um, it. And things have become so weird. Oh, yeah. We're not saying that this kind of evil government stuff isn't still happening, but we're saying that it happened with impunity until the Iran-Contra scandal. I mean, to a certain degree, the church committee, where they investigated all the evil stuff the CIA was doing in Central America, broke some of it open. But the place it really broke open in the public minds was the public hearings on the Iran-Contra scandal. Is that fair yeah. to say? 
Oh yeah, and then then Ollie North became. Uh, well, a... we're going to be talking about Ollie North a lot next week, so we can we can save the we'll Ollie save... North commentary until yeah, next okay, week. we'll save the commentary till next week. Yeah, because that that definitely is going to play. But yeah, like the idea that after all this, this whole season of Mel and Susan and madness and drugs and blah blah, right? To like the payoff being, oh, by the way, this was all about the U.S. government. This was all well, about Well, no, Iran you can only, I mean, uh, I'm becoming more and more, and I had never thought of wise guy, like you knew it was. But once you what start paying attention, what a political and how much it was anti, <clears throat> anti corruption. Corruption. As like you say, abuse of power. Yep. Yeah. Like that's that's what this show is interested in. And it starts off saying, Oh, well, you're we're talking about how the the mafia is you know, leeches who abuse their power. And it's like, no, we're gonna aim higher than that. In yeah, the yeah, that's half where we're season. starting. We're just using this first Sunny Steel Grave arc to get you into this world. We got much bigger targets in mind. Yeah, than no, the and it is mafia. yeah, I mean it is it is fascinating to watch it. Mm-hmm. As, as I've said before, it's it's interesting when you start doing things to talk about it and then go, oh my, oh my. And then, you know, I never even thought in terms of the A-team until like connecting Wise Guy and the A-team because yeah. it's, you know, because you have the same kind of Herb Catcher character. Yep. And the A-team as oh, well. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. some guy who's kind of connected with the government and they're and Using so them for mercen like there's not a work. huge difference in the last the there is not a huge difference between the kind of person Herb Catcher is and who uh Robert Vaughn plays in the last season of and the best season of the A team. Yeah. Where they're just being mercenaries for a guy who has vague government connections. Yeah, so that they can go home. So finally. that they can hopefully finally go home. Like it, the weird part is the A-Team was just a fun kids show, but it actually got kind of interesting in the last season. Yeah. It act, like it really did get a little interesting in that last season in a way that kind of impressed me. And Murdoch. This show. Oh, God. We love you, Howling Mad Murdoch. <laughs> yeah. And then, then he became Barkley. Oh, then he became Barkley. But yeah, it's like, who would have guessed how intensely a political show wise guy would become like you never would have guessed it based on that first season but it's strange that they give that when when uh, Sonny is about to die and he's just screaming at Vinny about hypocrisy yeah. the fact that like everything Sonny says is right and it's what the second half of the season is going to be about and you would never guess that based on watching the show. Oh, no. I mean, it just is... You would um, never think that in a million years. Well, no, and I don't even think you think that when you begin the male prophet. No, no, arc. you don't. You it don't have a clue. until you get this to is... the end that you're like, oh, my God. This has all been about the stuff that Sonny brought up. Yep. Wow. No, I mean, <sighs> it's it's almost as if Canal. I mean, he did stuff afterwards, but... Oh, of course. It was like this was his his way of... Yeah, a magnum opus to take on, to take on his, because most of his shows weren't very political. No, no. 
but this that whole just getting so disgusted and putting that into a tv show about the mob ostensibly this man it's like it's like this man watched all of the he was planning to make a show about the mob but he was sitting there watching all of the iran contra hearings and he's like no this is too important to not talk about i don't care that i'm just doing a show about the mob i've got to do you know a show about this and then i'm sure during his research he's like yeah, turns out doing about the show about the mob and doing about the show about the American government aren't as different as you want them to be. <laughs> oh, God. And when we get to season two and the Donald Trump character shows up. Well, well hey, bad yeah, you know, is you it bad that I call can't. him the Donald Trump character? Is it bad that I call Why him Why would that? I? Why would you? <laughs> well, we could. Well, there are. We'll get there. We'll I mean, there. I'm the one going, we'll soon. get there. We'll get there surprisingly soon, but come on. I know, I know. All right, so um, let's wrap this up. Next week, we're going to be back with the second last episode of the first season of Wise Guy. Uh, yeah, the third the... last. No, second last. No, no, I'm oh. saying episode of our show. Oh, our show. Yes. Of oh, yes, okay. Section. Second last style section of the first season of Wise Guy. We're going to be watching... Uh, Episode 119, the 19th, uh, the ninth episode of the Mel Prophet arc, although we can't call it that anymore because he's dead. The Susan Prophet arc. Phantom Pain. Not going to tell. No, uh, we have not mentioned Phantom Pain once and I'm not going to. It's amazing. We'll talk about it next week. And then we're going to follow that up with episode 20, Dirty Little Wars, which is, again, entirely Roger Lococo's show. Yep. I'm not telling them anything. Relax. Uh, entirely Roger Lococo show. And fun fact, for two years after I saw this episode, I have I was not able to see episode 21, the actual season ender date with an angel. Yeah. And as a consequence, it, like in my head, Dirty Little Wars was, was, the always, was the end of the first season. And I'm like, it kind of works as the end of the first season. Well, yeah, it does. It does. Because it's almost as if that last episode is just a wrap up of the prophet. Well, it is. So the the thing that's so fascinating about the last episode, Day with an Angel, is the crazy part is, and this is the genius of this season of Wise Guy, is that the end of Dirty Little Wars is all about, we wrapped it up, we're the government, we came in, we saved the day, we wrapped it up. And they do an entire other episode after it saying life isn't that easy. Yeah. The world is more complicated than a TV show where at the end of the episode, you arrest the bad guys. Yep. And that is why, like, that is why it's one of my favorite season enders at the, uh, like when I finally saw it, I'm like, Oh, I had been missing so much by not seeing this episode because it teaches you what the show is about. Yeah, so we will do more of this discussion when we do that well, yeah. and when we talk, talk about, about the arc as a whole. Exactly. We'll Although do we've been doing that anyway. It's hard not <laughs> to with this one because it's so complex. Yeah. Well, that's All what right. I was. That's what I was thinking when I was watching today's. I'm going, God, they packed a lot into these two episodes. It's so dense. And it's strange. And I was thinking about it. It's no. I, I keep going back to this. It's no wonder we got so pissed off with Criminal Minds because they could have done so much more with what they had and and when i think about sort of their 
voodoo episode, for example. They didn't even follow up or do anything with it. Right. Again, you know, you, you give us this, this thing and then you don't do anything with it and you're left hanging. I mean, it's always so, it always pisses me off. So yes, incredibly frustrating. Let's put it that way. Okay. We'll be back next week for episode 119 and 120. Uh, we hope to see you there. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like recommend, would like to recommend we check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you're listening to this in some sort of an app or podcatcher, please remember to rate and review. That is how people find the show. Uh, back next week for those amazing episodes. We'll see you there. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good weekend. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.